1: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to answer the question, how in the world did we get here? How did this happen? How did our culture and our country collapse in what seems like just overnight? How did we turn from a United States to such a divided people in just the blink of an eye? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, if you've been watching the news at all this week, if if you've been following the story out of Nashville, for example, you're going to quickly recognize that we have a big problem. It's, it's really a monstrous problem. We are not a united people any longer. We are a divided people. And we're divided not just because some people believe in God and others don't, or some people are Christians and others aren't, We're not divided simply because we have different philosophies, different religions, different perspectives on how to solve our problems, whether they be economic or whether they be social or cultural. No, that's not the sole reason as to why we are divided. Those are symptoms of a bigger disease. And today's show, I'm going to focus on what that that disease is. I'm going to talk about what in the world happened and how, in what just seems like the blink of an eye, we've lost any cohesion, any glue that will hold us together as a people, as a culture, as a country. I'm going to talk about this Wall Street Journal survey that I hinted at yesterday but didn't get the time to cover. The survey that shows that patriotism and religion have plummeted, plummeted since 1998 that we've gone from a people that held those two things as a top priority, our faith, our religion, and our patriotism, our belief in America and its exceptionalism. We've plummeted from a nation that held those values in the 70% range down to one that now essentially doesn't care about those things because we now only hold them in value in about the 30-35% range. And if this is indeed who we are as a country, as America, that we're in deep trouble because there's nothing that we have in common any longer. We're divided. And when you are divided, you will fall. Divide and conquer. Our enemies know this. China is watching. Iraq is watching. North Korea is watching. Cuba is watching. Iran is watching. Our enemies are watching us right now, and they know that there is nothing left of the United States because it is divided. It's not united. It's a joke. How did we get here? I'm bemoaning the obvious. Everybody listening to me right now probably agrees that we've got a problem. But how did we get here? How did it happen? What caused this mess? That's today's show. Now, before we take a break, remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, I encourage you to do so. You can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Piper to subscribe to The Rebellion. Why should you do so? Well, because that helps us keep the lights on, so to speak. That's how we pay the light bill. So, we welcome your support. And if you choose to go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That is greatly appreciated. Thank you to all who do so. Remember that if you go to my website, that's DrEverettPiper.com, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com, you can access my books, the back issues of my weekly column in the Washington Times, you can get all the archived editions of The Rebellion, Please go grab a couple of those, your favorite ones, and post them out there on your social media because that's how more people learn and join the rebellion. And remember, if you'd like me to speak at your church or other local venue, event, political organization, fundraiser, rally, or whatnot, you can schedule me to do so on that website, that webpage. That's DrEverettPiper.com. So let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to give you the answer to my question as to how we got here, why we're in the mess. And unless you identify the problem, you can never come up with a solution. If you're ignoring the very things that got you into the problem in the first place. If you're ignoring what gave you cancer, if you're not attending to the fact that you've been consuming some things, eating some things that are called carcinogens, you're never going to fix. You're never going to fix it. You're never going to cure the disease. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is the Rebellion and I'll be right back in a couple minutes.
0: The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve.
1: Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So today's show, I'm going to focus the rest of our time on answering the question as to how we got here. What happened? How in the world did we become a, so, a, a country so divided, so angry, so hateful, so vindictive? so unmoored from any common understanding as to what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a people who hold something in common, a pledge, a creed, something that identifies us, defines us as being Americans, as being patriots. How in the world did we become a 50-50 nation at best, where 50% of the people believe in The United States of America, our history and our exceptionalism, proud of who we are. But yet we have so many people, our progeny, those that are following in our footsteps, who actually hate America. They don't even hold patriotism as as a first thing, as a priority. They disparage it. They bemoan it. They're angry at those, like you and me, who claim to be patriots and say, well, we believe America is better than other nations. We believe we are exceptional. Sure, we've made some mistakes and we've atoned for them through the Civil War, through our March for Civil Rights, uh, the suffrage movement. We've, We've corrected the things that were wrong because no nation is perfect, because every nation is comprised of people, just like no church is perfect, because you attend there, you go there, if you're looking for the perfect church, and you find it, then don't start attending that church, because you're going to spoil it, because you're a human being, you're broken, you are imperfect, you're sinful. But that doesn't mean you celebrate the sin, or you ignore the brokenness, that's the beauty of the Christian faith, that's the beauty of following Christ. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We recognize that the problem is in the mirror. It's not out the window. The problem is what you see in your own reflection. The problem is you. The problem is me. Christianity is, is a worldview that has its own soap, if you will. That's, that was my critique when I was on a committee to review a new movie in Hollywood you've heard me tell the story before i was invited by the by a person that was interested in critiquing this new movie that was out oh 10 years ago or so it was called lord save us from your followers it was a man on the street interview an exposé of what christians think and do and what culture by and large thinks of those christians thinks of the body of christ right now so this progressive producer who fancied himself as a christian basically went out onto the streets around the country and around the world and asked people, what do you think of Christianity? And the overall message, at least as he edited it, was that people think we're judgmental, we're harsh, we're unloving, especially toward sexual minorities, the LGBTQ community. And the message was, Lord, save us from our followers. Save us from these people who are embarrassing us by being so judgmental and harsh and rude. And as I watched this movie, I was the conservative token on the panel, I believe. As the movie was over, as we were were reviewing it, and there were, oh, 200, 300 people in the audience likewise, I was called up on stage with two or three others. All were progressives or non-Christians except for me. But I was the first one asked a question. The question was basically this, Dr. Piper, what do you think of the movie? And I said, well, I'm going to surprise you a bit right now. I'm going to tell you that I think it has a legitimate point, but don't jump to any conclusions before I tell you what I believe that point is. I think the movie has a legitimate point in that it has emphasized that Christianity is the only worldview ever known to man that brings its own soap to the laundry, The reason we're watching this movie and critiquing it and looking at some Christians and saying they're behaving badly is because we're bringing Christianity to the laundry. We're bringing the values of true, creedal Christianity to this debate. Christianity is the only worldview that's self-correcting, that's reformational, that brings revival and repentance. Christianity is the only faith that has a true north, and when you get off track, you can return you can return to the true definitions of what Christianity is. So, ironically enough, as this movie tries to disparage Orthodox Christianity, you're actually elevating it because it's only Orthodox Christianity that can be used to criticize Orthodox Christians, or anybody else for that matter, who who are behaving badly. That's the very nature of of the Christian message, and I see that over and over again when people talk about folks not being loving. Well, who defines love? The Apostle Paul does. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. That's the definition of love. Not sex, not licentiousness, not not sexual libertinism, not lust. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. That's the definition of love. The problem here, folks, is we've lost the definitions. What's wrong with the world right now? Well, I covered that in a previous episode, a previous show, but why in the world are we so divided? It's because we've lost the message of Christ. We've lost the message of a United States. In God we trust. Not yourselves. Not your libido. Not your passions. Not your hungers. Not your guts. Not not the personal desires, the self-affirmation. Not the desire to be tolerated in every aberrant behavior that you want to pursue. No, that's not what holds us together. Those are all divisive agendas. They're all insular. They're all unique to the individual. In God we trust is our motto. Not in you, not in me, not in government, not in public education or your local university or your local small town football game. No, it's not. It's not these things that we trust. It's in God we trust. Not in money. It's in God we trust. That's our motto. That is the glue that has held us together. And yes, we've disputed over the decades, over the centuries, the definition of God, but at least we held that there was a one true God, and we basically agreed that it was the God that is revealed to us in Scripture, not the one we make up on a daily basis because we just don't like what Scripture tells us. And if you want to if you want to discuss why the world is unraveling right now, it's because we have like I said in a previous show, 350 million separate gods in the United States right now. Sure, we say in God we trust, and apparently at this point we haven't been willing to take it off of our coins and off of our dollar bills. We haven't been able to convince a majority of the American people to just discard that motto. But we, we won't allow that God to be defined objectively any longer. Schools disparage it. And if it's, Christ, if it's the Christian God, well, then that's judgmental and that's self-righteous and that can't be discussed. You can't let a football coach pray to God silently on the 50-yard line after a football game because that's just wrong. But you can wave a transgender flag or a LGBTQ rainbow banner anywhere you want. You can raise the Marxist fist of BLM, Black Lives Matter. You can talk about critical race theory and the God of self-righteousness and vindication. Oh, you can talk about those gods till the cows come home, but you can't talk about the one true God as revealed in the Bible. I mean, you see these shootings in Tennessee right now, and you wonder, how in the world did we get here? But yet, look at the reaction in the media. You have mainstream media personalities, and you have political operatives, not just local hucksters, but political operatives that are known nationally who are sympathizing with the shooter because, well, those Christians deserved it. That's the implicit message here. Those Christians in that Christian school, those parents who chose to send their kids, their nine-year-old children to that Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, they were the problem because they're teaching their kids in this school to believe in the objective morality of the Bible, and that objective morality actually says, no, you should control yourselves sexually. You shouldn't release your libido to act on its every whim. You're a human being. You're not an animal. You don't have to be defined by your hungers, your passions, your inclinations. Your desires don't define you. They're they're teaching that kind of terrible stuff in this local Christian school. They deserve to be shot. That's the implicit message that you see when these political operatives and these mainstream media folks sympathize with the shooter and the community that the shooter represents. Well, of course, of course those people felt so frustrated that they lashed out and decided to shoot people who represented the worldview that offends them. That judges them that critiques them that that's the message here that's what you're hearing It's the same message that you hear from the sixteen nineteen project, Hannah Cole Jones and others who are who are espousing critical race theory in our public schools payback retribution this this is the lack of forgiveness that's being promoted in our public schools. You deserve reparations if you have a great-great-great-grandfather who might have suffered at the hands of slave owners. You deserve $5 million as reparations for that, as payback, as your pound of flesh, if you can prove that you've got a great-great-grandfather or mother that was treated poorly by bad people, people that were sinful. That's the message that you're hearing out of California. That's the message that's being taught in our public schools. They're actually elevating Mayan gods of human sacrifice in California public schools. I've talked to you about that before. Part of the curriculum in the California public school system right now actually elevates the Mayan gods of human sacrifice above the one true God of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us, of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, my Savior and my Lord. We're elevating Mayan gods of human sacrifice in the California school curriculum, where they're teaching kids to chant Pancha Day, Pancha Day, Pancha Day, which is a Mayan chant to the ancient God of human sacrifice. And we let it happen. Do you think maybe we are, we're in the mess that we're in right now because we have forgotten the fact that Christianity brings its own soap to the laundry? Christianity is the only thing that will cleanse the human soul. Christianity is the only thing that says, look in the mirror and repent for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you claim to be without sin, you make God out to be a liar. You must confess your sins, you must repent, you must return to true north, you must reform. For it's only those who are in Christ who are, are a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, it's dead, and the new has come. You're born again, you must be born again. The only people that enter the kingdom of God, the perfect kingdom, the only kingdom that will ever be without human sin and cultural flaws is going to be the kingdom of Christ. Am I preaching right now? You betcha. You betcha I'm preaching because it's this message that made the United States united. And again, we weren't and have never been a theocracy. That's not what I'm arguing for, nor is it what any other thoughtful Christian would argue for. No, this isn't a theocracy we're talking about. We're talking about the freedom to say what we're saying right now. We're talking about the freedom of Billy Graham to say. That if you want to be born again, come forward right now and give your life to Christ. Stop living your life for yourself. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about your Savior. Recognize that it was Jesus himself who said you must be born again. Jesus never said be satisfied with the fact that you were born that way. In fact, he constantly preached the opposite. You you want to know how we got here? It's because what we're teaching in our schools. I mean, for decades, we've we've been teaching young boys how to use a condom rather than to be men of character. We've been more interested in contraceptive education than teaching the Ten Commandments. In fact, we won't even allow schools to post the Ten Commandments. When we won't allow schools to post ten simple laws, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, and when we actually start promoting killing and coveting, in our public schools. I mean, my land, they're actually talking about taking up arms against what they call Christ cucks right now. Christ cucks. That's C-U-C-K. Christ cucks. Go Google it. Look it up. They're disparaging Christianity to the point right now that there's a major trend on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, that calls for taking up arms and killing Christ cucks. It's a derogatory term directed toward anybody who claims the banner of Jesus Christ. The unity of the body. The color-blind nature of the body of Christ of the kingdom of God. That we should all come together rather than be divisive and separate ourselves, Balkanize ourselves into competing little fiefdoms. You want to know why we are where we are right now? It's because our schools have been disparaging the message of Christ, and elevating the message of self. For decades, we've been teaching our kids sexual nihilism, and then we're surprised when they start acting out sexually. I mean, you've heard me tell the story of how I wrote an article for the Bartlesville Examiner Enterprise, oh, 10 years ago or so, in the midst of the Me Too movement, when I said, if you teach lechery, you're going to get lectures. Why should we we even... Feign surprise right now to see young men behaving the way they are, and even older men behaving the way they do. Why are we surprised by Harvey Weinstein or Matt Lauer or an endless list of other lechers who are behaving badly? Why are you so offended with Donald Trump's behavior if you're against Donald Trump? We've taught multiple generations of people to behave this way. Where? In our schools. Oh, you say you're exaggerating. No, I'm not. Go look at the curriculum. Look at the curriculum in your local school when it comes to sex education. I will guarantee you what you will find is that the only standard by which to judge human sexual behavior is consent. That's the only standard. That's the only boundary that your children are being taught in your local public schools. There are no other moral boundaries to restrain the sexual, the sexual desire or libido of the human being any longer. The only, the only thing that a child is taught to attend to when it comes to restraining their sexual impulses is the issue of consent. If you can get anyone anyone else to consent to what you want to do. If they consent, then now all of a sudden it's moral and just and good. Something that was evil and wrong five seconds before, all of a sudden becomes good and righteous and just and even self-identifying. If you can just get another person, or maybe even not a person, to consent. Because consent is the only measurement of morality right now. You want to know how we got to where we are right now? It's because of that, that broken worldview. And and if you can't get people to consent, if somebody does something against the will of another, then they are evil and they should be expelled from culture. Even though Harvey Weinstein was doing the exact same thing that other people do, he apparently didn't get consent. Even Matt Lauer, who was a talking head... One of the moral exemplars, if you will, within the media, was, was uh, kicked off of his throne, was taken off of the flat screen, the TV program, your daily intake of news. He was taken out of that mix because apparently he didn't get consent. And I'm not saying anything about Lauer or Weinstein or any of their ilk being right. They weren't right. But if consent is the only measurement of their wrongness, of their sin, then we've got a problem. Is there some objective standard above and beyond the mere consent that made what Lauer and Weinstein were doing wrong? Yes. And that's identified in the revelation of God. It's identified in the traditions and our interpretations of that revelation. Even if people weren't Christians, they acknowledged the fact that there was wisdom to teaching our kids to restrain themselves not just seek someone else willing to consent to their passions, their drives, their gut, and their libido. You want to know how we got to where we are? Well, look at this poll from the Wall Street Journal that shows that patriotism and religion have dropped from the 70% range down to the 30-35% range since 1998. You only have 30-35% to 35% of the American people saying that they hold patriotism as a first thing, or that they hold religion as a first thing. It's dropped from 7 out of 10 people down to 3 out of 10 people in the United States now say that religion and, and patriotism are important. How did that happen just since 1998? Well, it happened in your local schools. We're teaching our kids to hate America rather than to hold it as an ideal, as an exemplar, as exceptional. It's no surprise that they don't care, that they don't care about uniting as a people, being a culture that's bound together in parallel cultivated rows that make sense in our field of freedom. If you want to know how we got to where we are today, look no further than your schools. They're teaching your kids to divide, to balkanize to define themselves individually rather than culturally. And they're teaching your kids to hate people who disagree with that agenda to the point where people aren't ashamed, people who are in public office, people who are are in the media, people who fancy themselves as our moral exemplars are actually tweeting right now that it was the Christian school's fault that its kids got shot this past week. It's their fault. It's those Christ cucks. And you know what we need to do to solve this problem? Kill more of them. That's being said nationwide right now. As I said yesterday, it's almost as if we're blaming the Poles for Hitler's invasion of their country. It's those Polish people that own shotguns and single-action rifles that took to the streets to defend their culture and their country. They actually believed in the exceptional nature of Poland. It's their fault. Let's kill more of them. Or it's Frederick Douglass's fault for teaching and preaching that black people should be able to defend themselves, defend their freedom. It's his fault. Let's kill more of them. Let's enslave more of them. I mean, it's backwards. It's backwards, but that's what we're teaching our kids. You want to know why we are where we are and how we got here? Look at your schools. Look at what you're teaching. Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas. Bad outcomes. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.